17, we will be in John 17. John 17. Now, we have been going through Matthew, and uh, then we had a bumper week and did some baptisms. Now we're headed to the Gospel of John, and we'll be in John through Easter and even after Easter, as we'll march from John 17 all the way through the crucifixion and the resurrection. Lord willing, we'll get to that on Easter Sunday, and then we'll meet resurrected Jesus after that. But I really want to start in John 17 here with Jesus' heart. Because you really see his heart while he's praying. And uh, that's, that's really my goal this morning. So I'm just going to kind of tell you what my goal is. My goal is for you to see Jesus' glory. I hope this is life-giving. I hope this is life-changing. I hope this is energizing and strengthening. As you see Jesus' glory, and then, so that's the first part. That's the part when we talk about how Jesus prayed. So the first part's going to be Jesus prayed, what Jesus prayed. I hope you see his glory in what he prayed. Then, like as an application of that, so what we do with that, that's always the so part, is I hope you determine to get to know him in whatever you're going through. So maybe you can be thinking about what you're going through. And think about how you could get to know him in what you're going through. And if you're like, I have no idea. I have no idea how I would get to know him and what I'm going through. Well, we got to start with his glory. When we see his glory, then we'll get to know how to get to know him. Then we'll understand better how to get to know him and what we're going through. That's the plan this morning. Let me pray. Lord, I pray that you would stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, and that you would talk over me while I talk to them. Do this for your glory's sake and for our good, so the world can be reached. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So when we say glory, what do you think of? And uh, I, so we sang just a minute ago, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And I, I was reading through the lyrics of the song, seeing what I could use as a transition, and I saw that one, and I thought, what on earth does that mean? I'm the pastor, and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? What do you think of when you think of glory? I, I don't know what you think of, but one of, the, one of the examples that came to my mind is what I would call red carpet glory. You know what I mean by red carpet glory? It's where people pull up in shiny cars, really shiny cars, and they get out of those shiny cars in really shiny clothes, and they get out of those shiny cars with their shiny clothes, with their shiny smiles, and they strut in front of the shiny crowds, and there's pictures taken, and, and I think maybe that's what the world thinks of when the world thinks of glory. Is, is there some glory in that? I, mean, I think that, that's kind of, there's some glory in that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I think of like, and I'm going to talk about three different kinds of glory as we look at Jesus' glory this morning. Remember, we're going to start with Jesus' glory and then invite you to get to know him. 
We talk about three different kinds of glory that Jesus prays for here. The first one I'm going to contrast with red carpet glory. But when I think of glory, because this is kind of an abstract thing, so I want to like use some visuals to try to help us understand it. I think of uh, like a play kitchen. Is this play kitchen real? I heard no, I heard yes. Like, well, it's kind of real. I mean, it, you, it's not a figment. <laughs> that's easy for me to say. It's not a figment of my imagination. It's really up here. Kids really do play with it. I mean, is the phone real? Well, I mean, it is, it is a phone. It kind of reminds me of the old phones that we used to. Like, it kind of looks like the real thing. You know, it kind of has some ovens. I'm just glad that this isn't the only kitchen we have in the church. I got an amen that time, yes. So is this one real? Well, it's kind of real, but it points to something better. Is red carpet glory real? Well, it's kind of real. It's play kitchen real, but it points to something better. Each of these different kinds of glory we're going to talk about today are kind of real, like they're, they're, they're play kitchen real, but they point to something better. I hope you see Jesus' glory and see how real it is, see how awesome it is, and determine to get to know him better. And stop settling for play kitchen glory. Here we are, John chapter 1. I'm sorry, John 17, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, so this is, Jesus is in the upper room, this is uh, his last time with his disciples, and he's about to pray after talking them through the final talk. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. So if you read through the Gospel of John, you'll see him mention the hour several times. For quite some time, he's been saying, the hour is not here yet. My time has not come yet. It's not yet. And then in chapter 12, he said, my hour has come, and now it has. And what's he talking about in his hour? He's talking about his crucifixion. He's talking about his passion. He's talking about how he's going to go back up to the Father, and it's going to be through his suffering. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Okay, so let's talk. We're going to take this part by part, because this is sophisticated. So we're going to talk about the Father's glory next. But right now, we're going to talk about the Son's glory. So Jesus prayed for his glory during his hour. So Jesus prayed for his glory during his suffering. Now what I want you to see here is that Jesus' glory is not the way the world thinks of glory. So if you think of red carpet glory, you think of people spending hours, right? Hours putting on makeup, trying to figure out how to look just right. Contrast that with Jesus, the glory of Jesus' hour, which is Via Della Rosa glory, which is the way of suffering glory. 
So think of Jesus getting beaten until he was so disfigured people couldn't even recognize him. Red carpet glory spends hours putting on makeup. Via Della Rosa glory, Jesus gets beaten until he is completely disfigured. Red carpet glory, they get teams of professionals to dress them. Via Della Rosa glory, Jesus is stripped and beaten and as a mockery given a crown of thorns and a purple robe and mocked as the king of the Jews, which is what he was, which is what, why he was suffering what he was suffering. Red carpet glory, you, you work at posing. You, you're, you're getting the perfect pose, so you look perfect. Via Della Rosa glory, Jesus is stretched out, naked, tortured to death, shamed, and dies. This is glory because it shows how much he loves us. It shows his courage. It shows his obedience. It is, it is true glory. It is the way of suffering. And so he's praying, help glorify me. Help me do this all the way that you might receive glory. It's via dolorosa glory. It's the way of suffering glory. Versus red carpet glory. But, but I think this is something that you already know. Because you respect most people who suffer through really hard things. Far more than you respect people who just live shiny lives. And that points up to Via Dolorosa glory. And this is what Jesus is praying. That he would... Receive glory in his hour as he goes back to the Father. And this is what we'll see as we stay in the book of John through Easter. So, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Now, now let's talk about the Father's glory as he's praying for the Father to be glorified. Since you have given him authority over all flesh. Okay, you'll see the word given a couple times in John 17. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Okay, so a couple things here. Jesus is praying that the Father receive glory from the gift that he is giving. And what is that gift? Eternal life. Now, what is eternal life? And I know what a lot of us think of is like, you just go on living and never die. Watch how Jesus defines eternal life. And this is eternal life. That you will just go on living forever and never die. Is that what he's going to say? That they may know you, or that they know you. This is eternal life. I'm going to define it for you. That they know you. The only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, as you sent your Son as the gift that will give us eternal life. Now, is 
living forever and never dying, is that part of eternal life? Well, of course. Jesus went to heaven to prepare a place for us. That's part of it. But what is eternal life? It is the gift of knowing him. How, how are gifts life-giving? And what do gifts tell you about the giver? See, I think it's life-giving when you receive a really well-thought-out gift. Don't you? When you think, when someone gives you a gift and you thought, wow, they spent a lot of time thinking about this. They really know me to pick out a gift like this. But when you receive a gift and you think, why? They should not have given me that because it was it costs them too much. You ever receive a gift where you're like, you can't do that. You can't give me that. There's glory in that. There's glory in that. There's glory that points up to the glory of God as he sent his son to save us from our sins. This is why there's so much glory in Christmas. It's why we look forward to and are disappointed by Christmas so often. Because there's glory in it. And, and it just reminds us of the good gift that God gave in his son Jesus. But it always falls a little short of our expectations. You know, like it, it's this thing where it's incredibly life-giving, but it's not as life-giving as the real thing. So Jesus prayed for glory for his Father that we would learn to appreciate the gift of eternal life and that we would learn life-giving truths about the Father as we think about this gift. So we would see how much the Father loves us. We'd see the price that he paid to save us, that we'd understand how much he was thinking about us, that we would see his glory in the gift that he gave us. So we prayed for glory for his Father. Jesus also prayed. Well, you'll see it. He prays, I glorified you on earth. How did he do that? Well, living in perfect obedience to his Father, doing the work, making the Father known to us. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work. There is glory in accomplishing the work. Isn't there? Like in a job well done where you stand back and you look at something you've done and you go, I, wow. I was talking with one of you about this after we pulled up a tree. A lot of work going to the woods and pull up a tree and plant it. And we talked about how rewarding, because the boys are like, why on earth are we doing this? This is so much work. Why are we doing this? Because there is glory in seeing the tree live a year later. You don't think, I did that. You know, that's really cool. There's glory in that. There's, there's glory in winning. Isn't there glory in winning? There's glory in winning. There's trophy glory. You know, if there's red carpet glory and there's gift glory where they see how much you love them, they see how much you appreciate them, if there's gift glory, there's also award glory. You know, there's also trophy glory where you think, man, this, we did it. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. That glory 
is a real thing, but it points upward. It's kind of like play kitchen glory. It points back to the real thing or up to the real thing. So Jesus says, I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. You gave me this task. I did it. Now I'm ready for my reward. And here it is. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So Jesus is praying for glory in his Father's presence, that he would return to the Father and receive glory for the work, saying, I... I I did it. Glorify me in this hour as I suffer. And then bring me back into your presence. And you know what? God will. Have you read the book of Revelation? Do you remember what it says about Jesus' clothes? You remember? You remember his clothes during his hour as they were taken from him? As he was clothed in mockery? Then as he was shamed. Do you remember what the book of Revelation says about his clothes? Remember his reward? You remember, he'll sit at the right hand of the Father. He won't have a crown of thorns anymore. He'll have the real thing. And light will shine from him in a way that shames the sun and makes it irrelevant. He will be glorified. So I want you to see Jesus' glory in his reward, in the gift that the Father gave us through him, and most of all, as we see this, in his hour, in his suffering. So his suffering, in the gift of eternal life, and in his reward. See his glory. Okay, so we said the first part is we want you to see his glory. The second part is, I want you to ter determine to know him. So how would you determine to know him? Well, and, and why are we asking this? I'm, I'm saying this because, verse 3, and this is eternal life. This is eternally life-giving. Look, we talked about how sometimes, a lot of times, people come into church really, really tired, really, really drained from the week, really, really stressed out, really, really burdened. And what we want to do, week in, week out, is show you God's glory because we believe God's glory is life-giving. This is eternally life-giving. This is eternal life, that they may know you. So here's what, here's what we're inviting you to do, to get to know God in the person of Jesus. Now, how do you do that? Well, Jesus said that he, would, he prayed for glory in his hour. Okay? Do you know that we, too, have ours? Now, it's different than Jesus' hour. We're not atoning for anyone's sin when we go through our hours. But he talked about how you'll have hours of suffering. And in our hours of suffering we can get to know something about his hour of suffering. So look, if I was going to ask you to write down, what is your hour of suffering? If I, if I was going to ask you to draw a box, and say, what is your hour of suffering? 
what would you write in that box? How have you suffered? One of the examples that I can think of from my life. So as I'm, I'm going to talk about my life, but I'd like you to think about your life. And I'll talk about my life to help you think about your life. It was when our son, Justice, was born still. And um, I, wrote, I wrote this after going to see uh, some friend's baby that was born just weeks after Justice was stillborn. And I'm, I'm going to read it to you because I don't think I can just tell you off the cuff as well. So I'm going to read it. And the question is, not so much think about what I'm reading, but think about your hour and how you can get to know Christ in your hour. As I talked about how, I'm going to talk about how I got to know Christ in my hour. So, like I told you, our son was stillborn a couple weeks later, went to see some friends who just had a baby. As I entered the hospital room, I was carefully handed a happy, healthy, newborn boy. And as I felt their son's living warmth and squirming vitality, I also involuntarily felt my son's cold and still body. As you know, babies move more than you think they do, even when they're sleeping. I also involuntarily felt my son's cold and still body. I looked down at the warm red in their son's cheeks, and I also saw the dead gray of my son's cheeks. As I laughed with them, I remembered weeping with my grief-stricken wife. Their brightly lit and palpable happiness mirrored the darkness of our suffocating grief. You also don't realize how bright those rooms are until you've been in a dark one. Sitting there holding their living baby, I felt ripped in half by joy and death. In that moment, I didn't, I didn't go looking for this thought. So I don't want to take any credit for it. In that moment, I thought, this is something like what God the Father voluntarily suffered for me. Because I'm thinking of my dead son, and I'm thinking of God the Father looking down at his dead son. See, in your hour, this is an opportunity to get to know God. How is your hour, how does your hour help you understand the gift that he gave in the person of Jesus? I didn't know it at the time, but God was giving me life-giving knowledge of the Father. This is eternal life. So, as you think about your hour and how you have suffered, 
this is a chance for you to understand the glory of God in a way that you can't in the red carpet. Suffering is an opportunity to understand more of how God loves us and the gift he, he gave to us and how he gave us this gift of eternal life. And it's life-giving to think of this is how God loves me, us. I want you to see his glory and determine to get to know him in your hour. And you'll appreciate his gift of eternal life. And, and third, the third one, the third way we get to know him really comes from verse 4. I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. As you get to know him, you'll lean into his work and work at it with all your heart. And as you lean into this work, you'll get to know something about him. So husbands, as you love your wives sacrificially, meaning you love them in a way that is costly to you. You love them in a way that you pay a high price to love them that way. That's a chance for you to look up and say, thank you, God, for loving me like this. Parents, as you serve kids that are needy, sometimes little kids are needy, that's a chance for you to look up and say, thank you for meeting all of my needs. Thank you for never getting tired of meeting my needs. Like, I'm tired of meeting <laughs> that kid's needs. <laughs> I never got tired of it, but Cheyenne gets tired of it sometimes. <laughs> She'd be like, that's because I do all the work. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. You know, as you, as you go to work and you do your work and you do creative work, you do hard work, it, it gives you a chance to say, this is what God is like. He works. It gives you a chance. You're... The glory you feel, the glory you experience is a chance for you to look up and give God glory and say thank you thank you and know and know that the glory we experience now is play kitchen glory compared to the glory we'll experience someday may you see his glory as we go through these next couple weeks in the gospel of john may you see his glory and open yourself up getting to know him better. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we would receive the life-giving gift of getting to know you through the person of your Son, Jesus. And Lord, if there's any here who, who haven't decided yet, Lord, I, I pray that you would give them a fresh glimpse of your glory that they would want to get to know you and that they would place their hope and their trust in you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.